Hello everyone and welcome to the Blood the Cobcast. It is a brand new year. It is 2024. Happy New Year to everyone who's listening. And it's currently a Monday. And I'm actually filming this on New Year's Day, Monday the 1st of January. How nice is it that it's a Monday? It really feels like we're kicking off a new week, new year, new everything. And it's such a nice, refreshing feeling. So I figured let's kick it off with a podcast. So I haven't been on here in a while. <laughs> I haven't done a podcast in ages and yeah, one word guys, winter. And uh, if you need any any more information than that, 29 horses and winter. It doesn't really go. Um, I've been doing the horses on my own this winter so far, so it's been a nightmare <laughs> to be quite frank mucking out all those horses every day and trying to make sure everyone gets outside and does something and stays exercised and fed and watered and fit. It's just, I mean, it's more or less impossible. Um, it's really tough. And um, we've been trying really hard, but it has been hell. We have like two foot of water on the field, which I think is the most water we have ever had in the entire time that I've been alive. Because I've lived where I live my entire life and the horses are based with us on the property and I remember having like little puddles here and there as kids that we'd go play in in the fields but nothing like we've been getting this year like come October it just never stopped raining like it just continued to rain and never ever ever stopped and it has resulted in that we literally have just this enormous lake on the field. I took the drone up the other day to have a look at like the full scale of it and it takes up nearly five acres, at least four and a bit acres of that field, which is just insane. We've never had a lake that big before to the point where I actually went on Amazon <laughs> and I purchased a dinghy. Um, yeah, I got myself a little boat to go on the lake and to be fair I have had some nice little afternoons on the lake just kind of chilling I've tied it to like the fence because obviously there's like ripples that go across it it's kind of like there's a tide so I've like positioned the boat in the middle of the lake and then tied it to a fence at the end and just kind of sat in my boat and just did some like cloud gazing and, and everything although it is kind of funny guys because even though it's a lake like it's not on a it's not a proper lake it's a lake in the field um every time something will like bump the bottom of the boat and i immediately my like brain i have the brain of like a 12 year old i immediately go like oh, jaws and like <laughs> freak out that there could be a flipping shark in the lake which is just unbelievable or a crocodile or something um as a kid i actually watched the film lake placid i don't know whether anyone who is listening to this will have seen it but it has it's an american film it's got betty white in it and uh good classic betty white film and she's she plays like a little old granny in it so she's kind of like a side character in it but it's, it's really funny and uh it's basically about this like giant crocodile this like prehistoric crocodile this enormous one um that's like just killing loads of people in a lake it's basically jaws but with a crocodile and obviously there's like a team of people that go out to try and kill this crocodile and stuff and then they realize bit of a spoiler alert that betty um <laughs> betty white has been feeding this crocodile and she fed her husband to the crocodile and she's feeding it like cows and stuff every day and looking after it and stuff so yeah it's it's quite funny um but yeah, I watched that when I was like four, I think. And uh, my parents had watched it the night before and left. This is how old I am. They'd left the like video, like the VCR thing. Um, they'd left that in. So I just turned the TV on and it had come straight on. And I'd sat there and watched it. And my mum came in like a couple of hours later and was like, oh my God, what are you watching? Like, turn it off. And I was like, oh my God, mum, they're being so mean with this crocodile. <laughs> So yeah, that I I do remember that film very well, and obviously I remember Jaws very well. I watched that a lot as a kid, and so yeah, in the lake I freak out every time something bumps the butt of the boat, even though it's probably just like a long piece of grass or like a poo that's been left from the summer. Like <laughs> I literally freak out every time something bumps the bottom of it. I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna kill me in my raft. It's like that scene from Jaws with the kid on the yellow lilo thing. That's it freaks me out. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, it's been hell, basically. We've had so much wind and rain. 
the wind where we live on the coast is just crazy because when you're inland of course you still get these like wind storms and stuff and it's not not very pleasant but when you're on the coast you get the full whammy of it <laughs> it literally is it's horrendous i mean these last few weeks i think today which typically the day i'm sat inside filming a podcast is the first like still or still-ish day we've had in i can't even remember how long it's been forever and uh yeah it's lovely outside today the sun is out sun shining no wind in the trees but honestly for the last few weeks all we have had is horrendous wind um so it's really stopped me in my tracks with the riding school um which i was planning before i had a little break from the podcasts and doing like more online things and things so i could focus on the horses through the winter I was planning on filming a podcast just about the riding school because at the time it was going so well, guys. And I was like, oh, I want to film a, a, a podcast talking about how we do the riding school and what the horses do and this, that and the other. And now it's completely changed. I mean, we've been closed for three weeks because of the weather, pretty much. Um, so we're literally just starting things up again this week, but we've dropped down massively on the hours I'm working partially so that I can focus on the social media side of things as well which is something that I haven't had a chance to really focus on for a really long time so we're really giving the social media the full the full go of it this year which I am so excited about because I've always loved doing the social media but I've never had that support behind the scenes to enable me to do it nowadays um because when you think about it you kind of you need people around you like vlogging's okay but you also need people to be able to film you riding and film you when you go to places and do things and stuff you do need like a little team of people around you and that's something that I've never really had it's just been my mum or dad filming me every now and again and they are insanely busy people they do not have time to be coming out and filming me on horses riding around and stuff so they have obviously the cat rescue um some of you may or may not know we have a, a cat rescue on site too with over 200 cats 200 cats guys um but yeah we uh they obviously they run the cat rescue um my brother helps a little bit when he comes up and stuff as well and we have some volunteers but it very much takes them away from helping me with anything um so they help me occasionally when they can if they're free but it's pretty much just me on the yard and me with the online stuff so that's been really difficult um but yeah anyway the riding school has now dropped down to doing two days teaching a week rather than in the summer we were doing literally like five um four or five days we were doing through the summer and you know it was insanely successful and now we're just doing two um and that's literally just to keep the ponies ticking over till spring when we when hopefully we can crack back on again with it but yeah, it's it's been pretty tough. Um, I think some of the basically the idea now is that the ponies in the riding school do um, like two days in the arena a week and then a day or two at the weekend out hacking. Um, so it should just be enough to keep them ticking um, through till the spring, so that they're not just to completely get fit again come spring. Um, and yeah, they've had little holidays as well. So they've had a couple of weeks off here and there and stuff. So it's been really nice for them. But yeah, I will make a video at some point discussing how we run the riding school and all the things we do with it and stuff and the ponies routines with it and things like that. Anything, any questions and stuff you guys would like to know about the riding school, I will go over in a future podcast. But today, of course... It is New Year, so what better way to start the new year than to discuss the big New Year's resolutions for 2024. So I'm going to discuss mine on here today, obviously, because as usual, I have no friends, so <laughs> there's no one here to talk to me. Um, so I'm just going to talk to you guys. You guys are my friends today. So I'm going to go through, I've made a list here, I have like a little booklet at the side of me of all my New Year's resolutions that I'm going to discuss with you guys in today's podcast, but I want you guys to head over to my Instagram, my YouTube, or if you can comment on any of the podcast platforms, I don't know, I'm not sure, <laughs> it's very new to me still, then please fill me in with your New Year's resolutions as well and let's see if we can work our way through these things together. 
and give everyone plenty of support and hopefully we can achieve at least some of these in 2024. So, without further ado, first on my list is a very generic one. <laughs> it just says get fit, brackets, stronger. So, I've really laid off the last sort of six months of this year doing any kind of exercise that isn't riding or, you know, just on the yard work and stuff. And don't get me wrong, it keeps me insanely fit. Like, I'm not unfit um but i would like to be stronger because this year i do want to do a lot more personal riding and competing and i want to document that on youtube and stuff as well and have you guys follow my journey so i do want to get back into the routine of doing at least some strength exercises cardio stuff i am not great at <laughs> so i will do some small bursts of cardio things just to help me get a little bit fitter in that regard but I do actually get quite poorly when I do a lot of cardio stuff, no matter how slowly I build up to it, which is really weird because as a kid, I was really, really good at like long distance running, biking, all of that kind of stuff. Whereas nowadays, I think I just need to lay off it a little bit because it actually makes me really poorly and messes up other health things for me. Um, <laughs> gets me out of sync with everything. So um yeah, I uh, need to lay off doing too much cardio, but do a little bit just to keep ticking over and get myself a little bit fitter in that regard. But mainly strength stuff, core building exercises, um, getting my posture better is something that I really need to work on. Um, you know, and I used to do a lot of that and it did get a lot better for a long time. So yeah, posture is something I've really noticed, especially in the little clips of videos that my dad's managed to get of me recently riding like Harriet and stuff. My posture is shocking <laughs> it's so bad and my upper body's moving around so much and I'm assuming it's because I really just don't have that much core strength there at the moment um I've got enough but nowhere near what I had so I really want to yeah work on getting myself more balanced and fitter um and I will start that today <laughs> then I have my personal goals for each of my main rides this year so on my list of my main horses to ride this year, obviously I do kind of ride some of the others as well, um, but I've got six on my list. These are like my personal ones that no one else rides. They're my, my six to ride. <laughs> um, occasionally, obviously I do get on the riding school horses and ponies. Um, and yeah, I do a bit with other people's horses and stuff but these are my main ones um because if i went through everyone it would take forever um because obviously i do have little aims for the riding school horses and ponies as well and stuff that i'd love to see them do but yeah these are my main aims for my personal rides for 2024 so first on my list i've got louis so louis i don't know whether i've actually discussed him on here or not i can't remember whether we discussed him in a podcast or not but louis i will briefly go over um, was a very, very, very impulse buy in, um, sadly in September last year. So just before all the rain and wind and horribleness of the winter. Um, <laughs> but he was very much like an impulse buy. Um, his previous owners actually got in touch with me, um, over on Facebook and just said, I don't suppose you're looking for a 148 pony. I was like, not really. <laughs> um, but if you send me some videos through and stuff, I'll let you know if I've come across anyone who's interested in things because I do occasionally get people asking. And they sent me videos of this pony through and I just thought, oh my goodness, he is special. Something in my gut just went, this is a really, really special pony and I think I need him in my life. <laughs> so all the money that I had saved that to get prepared for the winter, to have a good, nice winter, I put on Louis and um, got Louis instead. So Louis came in September and he is a lovely, lovely little pony. He's about the same size as Nero, roughly. I'd say, yeah, I'd say he's pretty much the same size as Neen. He's not big. He's only little. He's like 14-1. He's a Welsh Section D, um, which you guys may have guessed is one of my favourite breeds. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Welsh Ds. Um, obviously, Bob is a Welsh D. Nero's a Welsh D. I had a schooling livery called Puff, who was a Welsh D. He's called Puff the Magic Dragon, who I was obsessed with. Um, obviously, Louis, Welsh D. A lot of my favourite ponies online are Welsh Ds. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of him. It's been really annoying me, but Maddie Mayer's Little Pony, that's a Welsh Section D. Um, and it's really cute and amazing as well. Um, 
I can't remember his name. It's going to really drive me nuts throughout the podcast. But yeah, there's a lot of ponies as well after that that I absolutely love. They're all Welsh D, so definitely one of my favourite breeds. It's definitely up there. Um, and so yeah, he's a Welsh D. He's bright bay. He's got white socks and he's got like a little white diamondy bow tie thing on his head. I always call him a bow tie because it looks like like Nero has one. Nero's is a bit more distinct. Um, I call it his wonky bow tie. So it literally does look like a, a white bow tie that someone's just just like tweaked off the center. <laughs> um, but yeah, I call it his wonky bow tie. So Louis kind of has one as well, but it's not as prominent as Neen's. Um, so he's called Lord Louis. Um, and yeah, my plans for him so basically, he is as blank a canvas as you can really get. He's very raw, green. Um, he's very talented, extremely talented, but he just doesn't understand a lot of stuff <laughs> at all. Um, he's great. Um, he has a typical Welshie, so he's a bit of a stress head in some ways, but and he can be a bit sharp, but not in a nasty way at all more in like a sort of a nervy just like rearing and ready to go kind of way um which i often think actually does come to help you especially when you're producing them for, to be a jumper because if they're a little bit sharp and a bit spooky and a bit wary then if you train them correctly and you build up their confidence correctly it actually turns into an advantage in my opinion because if they are a bit sharper they're gonna get their legs out of the way quicker because as people, as riders, we don't often always see good shots. In fact, I rarely see any good shots when I'm approaching a fence. <laughs> so it's really helpful if the horse or pony you're on is quick thinking with their legs. And I think that's what you find a lot of the time with that type of pony is that they do think very quickly. So I think if I train him correctly, he's going to be fabulous. Um, so that's my plan for this year is to get him going. He's nine years old. So he's not like young, young, but he's also not old at all. He's coming into those golden years. Um, so I'm really hoping that he will be great this year. Um, <laughs> and I'm really going to take my time with him though. So I don't know. I have no sort of set time schedule for him to be like, oh, I want him out doing this, this and that by then. Um, I really want to take my time with him because I genuinely believe he could be something really special. So I want to make sure that I do everything completely correct with him and give him plenty of time to process it because he is one of those who, if he doesn't understand something and you just keep asking and asking, he's like, I don't get it. And he'll just panic and freak out. So things with him, like even... There's basic things that I'm changing with how I work with him that like I wouldn't necessarily do with other horses but that I just have to go with my gut with so it's gonna take me a little bit longer to get him to carry himself correctly and things especially when he's jumping and a lot of the time something we a piece of equipment we use to help ourselves and things like that a very basic one is a running martingale which I use on a fair few of my other horses not all of them but I do use a running martingale on a lot of them I won't be using one on Louis unless I really, really, really have to, but I'm going to do everything I can to avoid it because when he does get nervous, he likes to bring his front legs up, like right to his chest, even when he's just stood still. So what worries me is that he'll do that and get his like shoe or his foot stuck in his martingale. And if he does that when he's jumping... Oh, it's the kind of thing that if he did that over a fence and then fell at the other side of the fence because he obviously wouldn't have both legs for landing, he, I don't think he'd mentally recover from that very well. It would take him so long to recover from that and, oh, he never would. Like, he's one of those characters that in my gut I'm just like, don't risk it. <laughs> he has a high front end carriage, you know, he, when he's moving, he lifts his legs up very high, Um, he does bring his feet up like almost to his chest and things I just think it's too risky for him um so as much as it would be easier yeah it would be so much easier because he does like to bring his head up a lot and stuff it would be way easier to just whack a running martingale on to help a little bit and he has gone in a running martingale before I actually tried him in one but I just don't think it's gonna end well for him if I use one so I think it's just gonna be a case of spending more time because at the end of the day all these pieces of equipment and stuff we use on horses can all be not used if we give horses more time and more training and do more and more with them in that sense. So I think that's what I'm going to do with him. Um, and I think that's definitely the way to go with him because he is just too high risk for doing that with his legs. Um, 
so yeah i don't have any sort of concrete goals for him just to literally get him going that's it that's all i've really put on the sheet just get louis going and see where it takes us um so yeah i'm just gonna gradually work with him and fingers crossed all goes well so moving on then we have tilly so my little tills is gonna be i think she's in either she's eight or nine i think she's nine this year yeah, I think she could be. Um, but yeah, she is lovely. She's very much an all-rounder. It's Tilly and she always will be, but she means far too much to me. When I first bought her, I was in 2019 and I bought her to bring on and sell. Um, and actually the girl, Katie, who I got her off, who I don't think she would mind me mentioning her on here. Um, <laughs> when I bought her, she wasn't actually Katie. She was on like livery at Katie's yard. Um, she said to me, make sure you don't keep this horse any longer than a month or else you'll fall for her and i was like i won't fall for her and literally like the day she came back i went to check on her because they have to be quarantined in the field opposite from the other horses so they're you know they're not near one another so they quarantine for two weeks and then join the other horses um she was it was dark it was a really beautiful still starry summer night and uh i uh she was laid down in the field and despite having only met me like a couple of hours earlier she let me go and lay with her in the field and I was just like laid up against her stargazing with her and I in that moment I was like oh damn it <laughs> so yeah I very much fell for her and she is fabulous she's so good at so many things dressage she massively excels in um she's a real natural with the dressage she she knows you know she's she's just really natural with it obviously um so I've been, I've registered her British dressage. So my aim is to get her out and do a few little dressage shows with her this year. Obviously my heart doesn't really lie within the dressage, but I also want to do a little bit of like all rounder stuff with her, like typical all rounder stuff, take her out and do little cross country hires and little bits of show jumping and just, you know, do some endurance rides is something I'd really like to do with Tilly. Um, Cause again, she's a, a nice hack as well. She's lovely and she's just, a perfect all-rounder for me so I really want to get her super fit this year and you know just enjoy her in all that she has to offer sort of thing um because she's a fantastic mare and I love her to bits she is just the ultimate all-rounder and in that sense she's really been there for me a lot since I lost Dreamer because with Dreamer not only being my first horse he was he was that one that I could trust and have as my all-rounder and do bits of everything with and you know I um obviously lost that with Dreamer when we lost Dreamer in 2021 um so Tilly has really been amazing for me in that sense as well she's really been there for me and I've been able to do all of the things that I did with Dreamer with Tilly I haven't jumped a bear back yet but or, or ridden stood up on her but <laughs> we'll get there um but yeah she's a, a lovely trustworthy mare and she's also got that little bit of spice to her a bit of extra spice than dreamer had dreamer is grumpy but tilly is spicy um so uh yeah i um enjoy that part of her as well and yeah she's just a lovely lovely mare so that's my aims for her for 2024 i want to get her going get her super super fit and you know really like really with it and get her out and do bits of everything with her through the summer i'd love to do lots of pleasure rides with her and you know and take her and do some cross-country schooling and a, a mix of everything and her be that horse that like if a friend rang up and was like oh can i you know do you want to go and do this i could be like yeah yeah sure and just throw tilly on the lorry and go and do it sort of thing that's the sort of thing i want to do with tilly um for her to just be my all-rounder horse and just be there for me and you know um which she has been and she's just she's just amazing is Tilly she's one of those horses that everyone who comes on the yard falls in love with because she's just has the best character um so moving on we have Carly next on my list third one of my list of six um <laughs> sorry if this segment is boring you guys Carly my aims with are to get her back in the ring I'm gonna keep her at amateur level um, so below 110, she's going to stay at probably around the 90 to 105 mark. Um, just because although I was producing her to jump bigger tracks and stuff, we had hit a bit of a bump in the road on the way because a couple of years ago, whilst I was trying to produce her to do bigger tracks, we found that she actually has a bit of arthritis at the base of her neck. Um, the chiropractor fortunately found it. 
and uh, we got it x-rayed, got it scanned and stuff, which cost a small fortune. Thank you, Carly. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's a little tiny bit of arthritis. It's not bad or severe at all, but where it is, like whenever she does anything, she's going to feel a little twinge. So she has it medicated once a year, um, which massively helps her. And, you know, she's not in any pain, like on the general day to day stuff. But the more you ask her to like really sit herself up and get herself back on her hocks, which is obviously you need to do it to some degree in all jumping. But when you're jumping big fences, that's a massive part of it is being able to get them to sit themselves up so that their canter is very uphill um, and moving in that sort of manner rather than downhill and just dragging you into the base of the fences. They've got to be pointing up and really getting back on their hocks. And I think when the more I try and sit her up like that, the more she'll start to like eke her head over to one side or like head shake a little bit. And I think that's just her feeling it a little bit in the base of her neck. I think the more I ask her to sit herself up, the more she's a bit like, oh, mum, that kind of hurts a little bit. Um, and obviously the vet even said she won't be in much pain at all with it. If any, it'll be more of like a twinge. Um, sort of like if you occasionally get like sore back muscles or something, you know, and you sort of move a bit too much one day and you sort of think, oh, it's just, it doesn't really, it's not like a pain. It's just like an ache, if that makes sense. Um, so the vet and myself both think that that's what's up with her when we ask her to do bigger stuff um so the plan is she loves to just tear around and be an idiot <laughs> around little heights um so like 90 to 105 is small for her so she can just go around those without a care in the world and i don't have to she obviously still has to set herself up a little bit um but nowhere near as much as she does if she's jumping like 120s 130s 140s so the idea is she gets to just rave around the like amateur classes and have some fun and hopefully get some wins and do some turns and stuff and you know just enjoy herself and have a bit of a blast with it and again take on a little bit of that all-rounder role as well she loves to go on the beach as does Tilly actually as well um you know and do do things like that with her too um because she does she does enjoy all those elements as well so just um you know letting her do as much as she wants to do within it um you know and just uh let her enjoy it at amateur level so i'm really taking the pressure off her now and just letting her have fun basically because i just think it's better for her and i think although she jumps better bigger um which most horses that i found actually do um i just don't think it's going to help her in the long run to do that and i'd rather let her enjoy herself at the level that she'd be more comfortable with doing nowadays than push her massively and it is a little bit disappointing because I know and everyone has seen as well how capable she is of jumping the bigger fences and how amazing she looks over a bigger fence and how incredible it all could have been but I always will put the horses first and I couldn't in my right mind jump around those tracks and like because I'd have to really 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 ride her like mad to get her to jump around looking somewhat nice um you know with that problem with her neck and I couldn't in my right mind do that thinking that there was any chance that she could be in in like more pain than than she should be <laughs> she shouldn't be in any pain but I mean it's it's like that meme isn't it with equestrians at the doctors they're just like how's your pain I'm like oh no different than normal and they're like normal is not no pain <laughs> um you know uh, and like we said I don't think the vet the vet and myself don't think she is in any pain at all really it's just more of like an ache when she's like really asked to engage and do something with it so other than that she doesn't she's not bothered with it at all um she sometimes she'll still sometimes set on if she gets a bit strong she'll shake her head occasionally if she gets really strong and i have to like really engage and be like oi don't then she'll shake her head at me but i also think that's a little bit of sass instead <laughs> i don't think that's completely like oh I'm, I'm in pain i think that's just being an asshole really um because <laughs> she is a very sassy mare so um yeah she's doing good anyway and that's my plans for carly so my final three to discuss in my list of six we are moving on to harry so this time last year Harry, had she just come back into work or just been given the all clear to start doing something? I'm not sure. But this last year, I've literally spent just incredibly slowly eking Harriet back into work. Like, 
a million times slower than I should have done. <laughs> I could have been out competing, doing whatever I wanted with Harry now if I'd really like cracked on with her, but I'm a great believer in giving them the time. And she's been off for, I don't know how many years, Evie's been off for six, so Harriet must have been off at least four or five, at least. Um, yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll have been four and a half, five years since Harriet's actually done anything properly. Um, and that was, if you're, if you're new, you wouldn't remember, but, um, she basically had a problem, uh, like a veterinary issue because of a bad farrier we had at the time, like five years ago, five, six years ago, um, who really, really let her feet go and shod her absolutely terribly. So, um, she got like some obviously man-made issues with her feet, but cause she was so young at the time, Evie had the same issues but much much worse um far more advanced she had like tears and stuff because of the issues she made whereas harriet didn't um harriet it was just sort of the way her feet had they were like just too far gone to quickly do anything about it um but my vet at the time that saw both evie and harriet was like evie i'm not sure but harriet i fairly confident will eventually come back into work so that was when we put her in foal and she had blue my lovely blue um but yeah, Harriet is now back in work and she's just started doing some jumping and stuff again. And she feels fantastic. There's loads of things I need to work on with her because <laughs> I'm all over the place with my schooling and things. So it's been a while since I've actually got on a horse and really worked them properly, properly. Not just like gone for a hack or had a little bit of a mess around. Like it's the first time I've gotten a horse in ages and really worked properly. Um, so yeah, I uh, my aims for Harriet this year are to just see how far we can go. Like, my ultimate aim would be hopefully with my competing, this winds into my competing goals a bit, but getting back up to jumping confidently and competitively at 110 to 120, which is really my aim to do on Harriet. She would be my best bet to do that with, and she does instill a lot of confidence in me. Um, I think that's because I she feels like the same pretty much as she did when we left off so she does make me feel very confident and brave um so yeah i'm gonna build her up nice and slowly and uh just eke her back into the jumping my aim is that come spring i'm able to do some proper bs with her and start working her up the levels and start being competitive and for that reason i'm not gonna push her to do the indoor season because we're pretty much we're nearly there with the indoor season really anyway by the time i've got her fit enough and confident enough to go out and do some proper competing the indoor season will be pretty much over so <laughs> there's no point really in pushing her to do the indoor season this year because it's pretty much done so i'll stick to my outdoor venues when i go and do shows and stuff with her and then hopefully come spring she'll be more than ready to tackle the world um and yeah that's my aims with her i'm gonna start having some flat work lessons with her and some jumping lessons with various different coaches and uh take you guys along with me on the journey of me getting back fit and competitive and stuff again because it has been a few years since i've actually been competitively competing out there and doing it properly rather than just sort of as and when i mean i think i literally competed like twice last year <laughs> i was so busy running the riding school i barely did anything um but yeah this year that's a big aim of mine so that's harriet and hopefully she'll stay sound as well she's moving beautifully at the moment so fingers crossed then i've got nero on my list so with Nero, obviously, he is semi-retired. He doesn't jump anymore. He doesn't school anymore. But I do have a couple of little goals still for him this year um, in his ridden work and stuff. I think Nero would absolutely love to travel to a couple of places with me and meet some of you guys. Um, so I do occasionally get the opportunity where I could take a horse with me somewhere and I either don't or, you know, or don't end up going or something. Like, and I think Nero would love to come out and do a couple of meet and greets or something this year. He absolutely loves them. He loves attention. He's obsessed with it. Um, we will occasionally get stopped when we're hacking out or we're on the beach or something by just passers-by that are like, oh, can I take a picture of, of this pony and stuff? Like, you know, because they're just like normal people and they don't often see horses and stuff. Um, and I'll be like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, Neen, 
camera and he's like yes a camera i can flaunt myself and he literally i try and take a photo of him and it's awful he's got like his ears back looks miserable and then a random girl just be like excuse me and he's like yes get my good side (laughs) um so yeah he'd love to do stuff like that i would also love to excel in some liberty work with him and that's something i really really want to work on this year and um hopefully gonna speak to a couple of people and see if they could help me with it um but yeah i'd love to teach him some actual like proper proper tricks um as well and um not rearing i don't want to teach him to rear on command i'd I'd love to because he'd look majestic as hell um (laughs) but realistically obviously he had a hawk injury which he retired from so uh, the idea of him rearing kind of freaks me out a little bit because i'd be like oh he'd be rearing and like leaning on those hawks and uh i just don't want any extra pressure on him but i'd love to get him to like spanish walk or like lay down and things like that and work with me really really well with the liberty because it comes to him actually way more naturally than I ever thought it would. I I didn't think he would be as good as he is with it, um, but he is actually very sharp with it and very with it. And I think it gives his brain something to think about because he loves his hacking and stuff, but it gives him something else, you know? It gives him something where he can think and stay on his feet and sort of, you know, process information a bit more without overworking himself, if that makes sense. Um, So yeah, I'd love to do some of that with him and obviously take you guys on that journey with him as well. Um, He's going to be 24 this year, which is really scary. Um, (laughs) Really sad. I don't want him to get older. Um, He's very grey in the face now and he'd kill me for saying that. Um, But he's still at his classic mean. In fact, he's a little bit grumpier. Um, (laughs) Each year he gets more and more grumpy with the young horses as well. Um, and Louis, poor Louis, is trying so hard to befriend him. Um, he absolutely idolises him, does Louis. Louis, I'm pretty certain, is like a big fan. He <laughs> literally walks across to Nero and he's like, oh my god, hi Nero, like, can we be friends? And Nero's like, go away. <laughs> and he's the same with the foals as well. He literally like, just trying to murder them all. Um, so yeah, he's a real, he's a, as my mum and dad would say, he's a grumpy old sod. Um, <laughs> but he's my grumpy sod so yeah it's um he's lovely and he has his moments with me where he's really really loving and cute um but yeah he is a grumpy boy but it's part of the reason why I love him as well um he doesn't bite or anything he just pulls faces at you as if like oh for goodness sake (laughs) um yeah and then last on my list if you're trying to think who my sixth horse might be for 2024 I'd like to remind you of a little one who was born in 2020, who is going to be four in June. Blue is going to be backed this year. I am absolutely shook. I can't believe how fast it's gone. Like literally in 2020, I'd sit there talking to him and be like, oh, one day in the distant, distant future, baby blue, I'm going to ride you. I'm going to sit like here on your back. And I'd like scratch him and stuff on his back. Now I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) it's too soon he's too big um and at the same time too little um he is enormous but he's still like a giant baby so i've been thinking a lot about blue's backing process and stuff and i've like discussed it in previous podcast episodes so i'm not gonna go into too much detail with it today but yeah blue i am gonna send away to be backed and when i send him kind of depends on a couple of other things i've got going on in my personal life and stuff because i want to be able to get straight back on him as soon as he gets home so um i obviously don't want to schedule it like for when he gets back if i've got like a month when he gets back where i'm insanely busy or something um so i want to make sure that it's at the right time so in my head it may not be like springtime or even like when he turns four it may be slightly later in the year it might be slightly earlier i'm not sure it completely depends on all the other stuff i've got going on um in life and things um but with the young horses as i i very much as an equestrian and as a coach and as a rider i have like the opinion of give horses time you know wait time is a very very good thing with horses and you know give them the time to grow don't rush things because the more you rush things the worse it is in the long run so 
you know, if he gets to a point where I'm like, oh, he could be back now, but I'm not really happy with how he looks at the moment, or he doesn't really look that strong, and he's, you know, he's to fill out here, here, and here, like, you know, I won't bother for a bit, I'll give him more time. Same with the other foals, um, Poppy will be three this year, and so will Skippy, um, they won't be back till next year, so, you know, they're, they're fine, and it, there's no rush you know, there's no rush. At the end of the day, I'd rather have a really good, classy 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 year old, um, even up into the, into the teens and stuff, than have a really, really fancy 4, 5, 6 year old and then by 6 they're lame. Like, <laughs> I would rather take things slowly and see how they progress naturally and give them plenty of time and breaks and holidays and, you know. So the aim is to get him back at some point this year and then do a few months of taking him on little adventures, taking him for little outings, um, getting him to do some hacking, going to little arena hires, um, you know, maybe even doing a couple of little shows, but like mini show jumping or something, you know, or dressage or something, where he's literally just getting some experience of going in a ring and then coming back out again and having some treats and stuff. And then he'll be turned away probably over next winter, um, and then come back in in the spring as a uh, as a rising five-year-old um, and then he'll be able to stay in a little bit more consistent work um, you know and he'll be hopefully have grown him to himself a little bit more by that point too so that's the aim with him to get him backed and stuff which is crazy I I cannot wait for the day where I actually sit on blue yeah I'm also slightly terrified at the same time because <laughs> I don't know how long I'll be sat on blue before I get flawed so <laughs> he's quite big so uh it's a long way down um definitely be wearing my little air vest for that one i think um <laughs> in fact no i probably won't be because i think that'll freak him off uh, freak him out i think i'll um probably just wear my normal body protector because i think if if the air vest blows up on him i think that'll destroy him if he's only just been backed so yeah probably body protector for that one <laughs> or i might just strap a bunch of pillows to myself and hope for the best um but yeah that's sort of my plans for my six horses this year obviously other ones we have in work are nova mini little sam big sam freckles jess beauty um are there any others I'm trying to think in my head i think that's it i think that's it maybe i'm not sure It'll probably come back to me um <laughs> but yeah i'll which i will obviously be getting on every now and again um just not as consistently as those six that I've listed today. So they're my aims for them, their New Year's resolutions. So moving on now, so I've sort of gone through the horses, New Year's resolutions. I've touched a little bit on my competing goals. I've said with Harriet and, you know, and stuff I want to get back up to jumping 110 to 120. Um, I also have put on here that I want to attend several stayaways with Carly and Harry, brackets in the spring, to summer outdoor season um so i want to go some big ones i'd like to go to are rena uk i'd love to do um chepstow international or the um you know one of the one of the whale shows and get down there um i'll probably take the kids from the riding school down there for one of the crickland shows as well at some point hopefully um so that's another big aim that i've got for them um i would love to go eventually i'd love to go to bicton again i loved it down there i don't know whether i'll get there this year it seems unlikely but i would love to go there at some point um other ones where else would i like to go obviously bishop burton's very close to me so i'll probably end up going there at some point um i'll do western lawns i would love to go to again this year it's been years since i've been and i love that showground very very much so i'd love to go back there um yeah there's several that i'd love to go to and uh crofton manor i've never been to i'd love to go um oh what are the others called oh it's going from my brain but yeah there's lots that i'd love to go to so um field house good one as well veil view i'd love to go there um yeah there's several stay away shows that i would love to go to burry farm another one um scotland would love to make my way back up to morris equestrian this year would be like a dream um because i haven't actually been there no i have been since neen qualified for hoys i went with evie and harry for a winter show but i haven't competed in their outdoor arena since nero qualified for horse of the year show so i would love 
to go back up there and do that. So, but that's pretty much it for my competing goals. I haven't set myself any like, oh, qualify Hoyers or qualify this, qualify that, because I don't know how the year is going to go. So obviously I'm always aiming to qualify for stuff and do those things, but I don't want to put the pressure on myself of sitting here on day one of the year and be like, I'm going to go to Horse of the Year show this year. Because <laughs> realistically, to be fair, Harriet may qualify, she's very good and she's actually very like she's always been pretty good at qualifiers like <laughs> she's got quite a, a knack for qualifying for stuff on the first attempt um but harriet in the hoyers arena at the nec pff, i yeah <laughs> i don't think i could get around she's so bloody spooky um i genuinely don't think i could get around but who knows maybe maybe one day we'll see um but yeah they're like my competing goals but yeah i do actually have a couple of personal goals as well for this year some exciting ones for me so my living situation for my life <laughs> has been that i've been living with my mum and dad um on you know on the same in the same house that i've lived in my entire life um i'm 24 now and the reason I've hung off from renting somewhere is because I really wanted the money that I could be spending on rent to go into um, renovating a stable block. Um, <laughs> so you guys, if you followed me for a little while, may have seen the brick stable block that currently I'm keeping my three mares in. Um, I say three mares, I've got a lot more than three, but we call we refer to them as the three mares, Evie, Harriet and Madge. Um, currently they are housed in there and the plan is, it has planning permission and it has had for many, many years. So the plan is that I spend the money that I could have been spending on rent somewhere else um, to gradually convert that into my very, very own house. And I'm insanely excited about it and I cannot wait. So it'll be a gradual process because un unless I all of a sudden like win the lottery or something, then I'll um I'll build it straight away. Um <laughs> but yeah, um the plan is to convert that into my new house basically. And yeah, it's been it would be really, really handy because I'd be obviously living on site, I'd be where my business is, where all the horses are. Um, so I'd still be on the same property as my mum and dad because they would still live in the house, obviously, and work with the cats. Um, but I would have my own space, my own house, my own space, my own part of the property. And yeah, be amazing. And I'm very lucky as well because I, I know a lot of people actually have to pay rent to live with their parents after a certain age. So I'm lucky. I mean, I've con contributed in other ways. I've like bought food and stuff for the family for the week and things like, you know, we all like contribute it's not like a set thing of like you pay us rent like <laughs> we all help one another it's a household um so yeah we all help where and where we can but it will be awesome to finally have my own space so whether that is completed this year or not is very like probably unrealistic that it's going to get completed this year but i at least want to start it this year and actually crack on with it um because I think it would be awesome and super exciting. And the mares would just move into the new stables that we built earlier last year um, in 2023. So yeah, I put two, I put, um, no, three 14 foot by 14 foot stables up and they are beautiful. They're like a new gray stable block, which you guys will probably see like very um, briefly in my um, new Meet the Horses video, which should be out when you're watching this. This is If you're listening to this on Monday, when I actually filmed it and put it out, um, Monday the 1st, on Thursday the 4th, you should be able to see the Meet the Horses video on the evening. Because um, I think I'm going to aim to post every Thursday. That may change as we go on. I'm trying to find out which the best day would be to post on YouTube. Um, but yeah, that's my plan for now. And then I've also got on here stable renovations. So this year with the horrendous weather we've had, we've realized that set up here for the winter is not great. Um, we're on clay on all the fields here and some of them are quite low. Um, we do have a couple that are on hills that we can use a fair bit, but this year they are horrendously muddy and slippy and freckles has lost all four of her shoes somewhere in the field so i'm currently waiting for um someone to come out with a metal detector and help that um 
but yeah, uh, otherwise, it's um, it's not great here in the winter, and there's been some changes that I've wanted to make for several years now, which I finally decided this is the year. <laughs> this is the year I'm going to finally do all the stuff that I said I was going to do like 10 years ago. So the plan is that there's a couple of areas I want to dig out and turn into all-weather surface areas, because the main problem here, and a lot of you guys are like oh you need to turn them out in the fields and stuff and we do as much as we possibly can but when the fields are two foot underwater that gets hard and by hard i mean impossible so i need to make sure that i've got tons of areas that the horses can go if we do run into weather like we've got this year where they can live a very very happy normal life get plenty of exercise and space and everything where they can go because um, obviously we have a lot of horses, so we have the arena and we have a turnout pens in the barn um, for when it's like icy and stuff and they can't really go outside and do an awful lot. So they use that turnout pen a bit and they use the arena for turnout and things. But we really want to make sure that they all have spaces where they can go. So the idea is, and a lot of you guys may have seen with like stables that are abroad and stuff, they have like a turnout area attached to their stables. So the idea is for next year that not only does everyone have one of those, so basically an area outside their stable around the same size, maybe a bit longer than the stable area. Um, so they basically have double, so they can wander outside and stand in the sun and wander inside. That's not great for exercise, but it's a bit better for stimulation. So they're not just stood in the same four walls. They can wander in and out as they please. They can eat their hay outside, eat it inside, go outside and groom one another and things, um, you know, over the little fences that they'll have in between one another and stuff. So they, you know, they can do a little bit more and get a few more interactions and not be so bored if they had to like stay in if that makes sense so then their version of staying in then would be being able to wander in and out of their stable freely onto this like outdoor turnout bit just outside their stable the other things we're going to do is put in some actual turnout areas so dig them out make some outdoor turnout areas um, which are a lot bigger so they've got places where they can run around and have a role and you know enjoy themselves in that sense um, and then the beauty of this coming year is that we are of this year even now I keep talking as if it's still 2023 it's 2024 is that we are renting a field for the summer hopefully if all goes well um, and it's lovely and it's going to make so much difference to us because we'll be able to have all of the horses at one side of our property rather than split everywhere. So this last year we had a few grazing the winter fields through the summer, which has hit us big time this year. Because um, obviously we've had all the rain and the wet as well, so there hasn't been as much grass coverage as normal on the winter fields to help with that. Um, so next year the winter fields will be all lush and beautiful, so they will have a lot more natural turnout as well. Um, but yeah, I just want to cover all of our bases so that we can make sure that all the horses have plenty of space and turnout and areas where they can go. Um, and yeah, I'm um, really excited about it. And hopefully we can get that all sorted and ready so that next year, next winter, we don't have to worry as much. And the horses we know have all got places where they can go and, you know, and be out in the fields and be happy. Um... And yeah, fingers crossed for everything to go to plan this year in that regard. And yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> so I think that's more or less it. Oh, for YouTube and social media stuff. So YouTube, I've obviously got posting regularly. Um, so I want to get back into posting regularly and something that I've done this year, a big leap that I've made with a close friend and like businessy partner person of mine this year is um, to set aside a few days every month and film with my amazing friend Jazz from Fenwick Photography. So we're going to be filming a lot of our content over a few days so that the content is all a lot higher quality than what I can normally offer and um, we get a lot more footage and reels and photos and all sorts of stuff so that it just makes it a lot easier um, and I can pre-film things and pre-edit things so that I've got something going out every week rather than doing what I've periodically done throughout the past and um, left everything until the last minute and filmed like a video on Thursday morning and tried to upload it on Thursday night and then realized that's not actually possible to do everything in a single day 
and uh, panic like mad <laughs> and start making excuses as to why it's not up. So the plan this year is to be a bit more organised with the YouTube side of things and because I've invested a bit more time and money into it this year, it should hopefully run a bit more smoothly and we should get a lot more done. And I'm incredibly grateful to Jazz, um, who's um, obviously going to be helping with the filming side of things and a bit of um, photo editing and things and real editing and, and stuff like that this year. Um, and that should make the world of difference. And I can't wait to see for you guys to see what we have in in store because we always get the most amazing footage and clips and stuff when jazz is around so i can't wait to show you guys everything that we're going to be doing um tiktok i've put on here i want to start making tiktoks properly because <laughs> i just never really got into tiktok and it's weird because i'm so into it like not doing it myself like i will spend way longer than i'd care to admit <laughs> scrolling through tiktok and staying up way longer than i should um and yeah i am a bit obsessed with it so i need to get on and start making some of my own video ideas that i've come up with on there um because i have so many i have so many ideas for things that i could do on there um so yeah i really want to do that and for instagram i've just put instagram continue because i'm loving what i'm doing with instagram at the moment um and all of that side of things so i'm just going to continue in that regard um i've also put on youtube more collaborations and tiktok collaborations too um brackets make some friends <laughs> i love how that's one of my goals it's like one of the goals that you have when you're like eight and it's like make some friends at school um yeah i do need to make lots of friends and actually attempt to go visit and collaborate with some of the friends that i do have on youtube <laughs> um because i know you guys ask me constantly for collaborations with certain people and like they're totally possible as well i just need to actually commit and go and visit people and do stuff and put time aside um so yeah that's i think that's pretty much covered all of my new year's resolutions for this podcast it's been a long podcast of me just basically being like listing all the things that i wish i could do with my life <laughs> <laughs> but I really want to hear what you guys want to do with your 2024. So please head over to my Instagram or YouTube or one of these podcast platforms. Um, if you can comment on the podcast platforms, I'm not sure to be honest, but head over to one of my platforms and let me know what your goals are for your 2024. Because I'm really intrigued to see if your your goals are similar to mine and you know what you'd like to do with your horses or ponies and with your riding or or anything i'd love to hear what your guys resolutions are and hopefully we can start this new year with a real kick and you know have a great year basically <laughs> i've got so much to look forward to in january um the video quality for my videos going up in january is going to be different to february and the rest of the year because i've pre-filmed on my crappy little camera um <laughs> the video is for january um and in january i will start filming with jazz from fenwick photography so that means that February's footage and March, April, so on and so forth will be much better. Um, and I also have a very exciting end to, well, I have a very exciting start, but that's personal, uh, <laughs> for 2024. And I also have a very exciting end of January to look forward to with someone who I'm sure you guys will very much recognize um <laughs> so yeah i'm kicking things off with a real kick this year and um hopefully it's a good one guys i'm very excited for this year a little bit nervous because i really hope i can achieve a lot of these goals on here it's gonna be a busy year if i'm gonna achieve everything that i'm setting out to do but you've gotta reach for the stars and um <laughs> we always me and my brother used to say we would make some very like unenthusiastic t-shirts you know where there's like those common sayings of like oh reach for the reach for the moon and if not it, and even if you miss you'll fall within the stars like me, me and my brother used to make like fake t-shirts being like reach for the moon and if you miss you'll burn up in the atmosphere and die a quick death <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we we did for a while we thought like oh we could make a t-shirt business of like common sayings but like depressing um <laughs> but no this year we are going to reach for the moon and land within the stars guys not burn up in the atmosphere and die hopefully um 
but yeah, let me know if there's anything that you guys would like to see me attempt or achieve this year um, as well. You know, in, in terms of like the online things, any ideas you guys have that you think, oh, I'd actually love to see her do this or, you know, see if she would be willing to do that. Like, <laughs> um, if you've got any ideas like that, please let me know because I'd love to hear what you guys would like to see and stuff like that as well because um, it really helps me knowing what to film and what to do so yeah let me know guys and thank you very much for listening to this first podcast of 2024 and I hope you guys all had a wonderful Christmas and New Year and I will see you soon well I won't see you I'll speak to you soon <laughs> in another podcast bye guys